0: Let us pray. O God, by your Holy Spirit, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do to obey Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from Paul's letter to Philemon, one of the shortest books in the Bible. It's a little hard to find. It's only 335 words long. We will be in this letter this week and next. So I will be reading verses 1 through 7. And as I read, let us together listen for the word of God. From Paul, who is a prisoner for the cause of Christ Jesus, and our brother Timothy, To Philemon, our dearly loved co-worker, Aphia, our sister, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church that meets in your house, may the grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Philemon, I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers Because I have heard of your love and faithfulness, which you have both for the Lord Jesus and for all God's people. I pray that your partnership in the faith might become effective by an understanding of all that is good among us in Christ. I have great joy and encouragement because of your love, since the hearts of God's people are refreshed by your actions, my brother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are now invited to pause for a moment for prayer and reflection on the text. Amen. So, when was the last time you received a letter? A carefully handwritten letter sent just to you. In recent months, letter writing has become trendy again, a way to connect when a simple hug or a handshake has become unsafe. I received a letter this past week from a college friend. Now, he sent it via Facebook Messenger, but it is a letter nonetheless. In it, he writes about his family's vacation traveling around parts of the Northeast, a cobbled-together adventure for a family looking for a break from quarantined life in Philly. He reflects on the historic sites they visit and the beauty of napping in a hammock. His words were a gift I did not know I needed. This morning's text comes from a letter, too. The Apostle Paul's letters make up a substantial part of the New Testament, of course. And for centuries, these writings have shaped how the church understands itself as God's ongoing mission in and for the world. But this letter is different. This time it's personal. While Paul sends greetings to others who worship with Philemon in the house church he leads, Paul writes this letter to Philemon, appealing to his friend's deep faith and steady faithfulness. So it is deeply personal, but Paul makes it clear his appeal to Philemon is not private. They share a relationship with one another, and they share a relationship with the community of believers near and far because they are siblings in Jesus Christ. How individual members of the community live their faith is on display for the rest of the community and the world to see. Paul emphasizes Philemon's sharing in the faith. He uses the word koinonia, This sharing extends beyond offering a cup of sugar or borrowing a lawnmower. This sharing is foundational to the Christian community. It means fellowship, communion, shared lives, hopes, struggles, support, investment, and involvement. There's no such thing as occasional koinonia. It's not just a Sunday thing. The sharing is all in. And Paul prays for Philemon's faith and faithfulness to continue and extend beyond what they have been. He uses the language of Philemon's sharing being effective. And yet that translation seems too tame, at least to me, for the original Greek language that Paul uses In my ears, effective sounds fairly bland or even neutral. The word in Greek is the same from which we get energy or energetic. It conveys a sense of action and movement. So it could read, I pray that your partnership, your koinonia in the faith might become energized by an understanding of all that is good among us in Christ. Philemon is a leader within the community. Paul is not simply asking that Philemon agree in theory to what it means to be one in Christ Jesus. He longs for Philemon to be moved and motivated by that oneness in his very core, knowing that such faithfulness will be contagious, energizing, and inspiring for the fledgling community of faith that meets under his roof. Dave Palazzolo began receiving alerts from his driveway security camera every evening in the spring, and he was annoyed. But soon he started to look forward to the alerts because it turns out that a child was riding his bike as his family took nightly walks, and every evening the child would make a quick detour into the Palazzolo's wide, flat driveway. The child would do a lap. And then catch back up with his mom and the dog. Dave and his wife, Chris, are both avid fans of motorcycle adventure, sport, and touring. And Chris knew what this budding bike fan needed. So under the cover of darkness, Dave got out the sidewalk chalk and made a racetrack in his driveway. And then he watched and waited for the next alert. While it was not a letter per se, it was a message of encouragement and invitation offered to a child he had never even met. The next evening, the child stopped his peddling and stared for a moment, looking at his mom for a second before proceeding to ride around each turn with glee. The game continued and expanded from there. When the rain washed the track away, Palazzolo created a new track, occasionally with more elaborate twists and turns. Neighbors of all ages were drawn into the fun. Tiny tots on tricycles, preschoolers on scooters, moms with strollers, teenagers and adults on mountain bikes all took a turn on the Palazzolo's course. Dave took joy in watching it all, safely distanced from his camera. And he relished watching his original intruder grow more confident and skillful as the weeks and months passed by. Dave never stepped outside to take credit or receive applause, at least not on camera. A simple thumbs up toward the camera from his first friend was enough. He says what transpired has turned into the best part of an otherwise dreary pandemic summer. It is so simple. And so profound at the same time. Last week, we talked about the importance of our building up our own resilience bank accounts, finding creative ways to nourish ourselves, body, mind, soul, and spirit to give us strength when life grows lonely, dreary, and angry. I think Paul is pointing out to Philemon the importance of his energizing the community, the value of his building up the goodwill and the faithfulness of the community, building up the larger community's resilience bank account in a way too. Paul draws on classical practices of rhetoric, shaping an argument to persuade his friend to do a hard thing. Now, one could say he's pouring it on a bit thick, buttering Philemon up, even. And yet Paul is genuine in his admiration and affection for Philemon. He's truly grateful and values all that he and Philemon have shared in the faith so far, and he finds hope in all he anticipates sharing with Philemon in the days ahead. Now, next week, we will look more closely at all that Paul calls on Philemon to do all that he calls him to risk for the sake of the gospel. But for now, it is vital that we not skim over this greeting to get to the action. Because any action Paul asks Philemon to take is grounded in this relationship, in this shared faith in Jesus Christ. Challenging days lie ahead for all of us. One might wonder what risks we are being asked or will be asked to take because of our faith, too. Two political conventions, more violence in Wisconsin and Portland, our black siblings crying out for justice, 17-year-old children convinced somehow that hunting other human beings is a good thing, Tensions over handling the pandemic as schools try to reopen. All these things highlight just how divided our nation is and hint at how much more divided we may yet become. The church is not above the fray. In fact, one might argue that we're called to place ourselves in the midst of the fray. We're called to draw deeply on our sharing in the faith to offer hope and love and peace and justice to the community, not because we share a building or a creed or a zip code, but because we share a savior. Jesus Christ saves us not because we deserve to be saved, but because he loves us and longs to save all. And those whom he saves are in turn called to follow where he leads. And where he leads is not simply to shelter or sanctuary, but out into the fray because his love does not end with us. His concern for justice and mercy do not stop with us. His faithful love helps us to be faithful and gives us strength and even energy to serve him in the world God so dearly loves. The church has spent an immense amount of energy through the centuries fighting amongst ourselves, drawing lines of disdain to keep others out, and picking sides in any number of debates while the world has watched and even begun to turn away rather than allowing the love of Christ to be truly effective or effectual in and through us all the time, to energize us, to draw and keep redrawing circles of love, inclusion, justice, compassion, and peace. Christians of every stripe, every spot along the spectrum, have too often allowed fear, the need to be right, or a desire to protect ourselves and what is ours, to lead us to fence off our driveways in a way, to shut out the child who wanders by and just wants to take a lap on his tricycle. But that's not who we are. That is not who we are created to be. I know this and you know this. We have witnessed incredible kindness, generosity, love, courage in and through the Christian community. That is who we are created to be. That is who we can still be. That is who God and God's beloved broken world urgently need us to be. Numerous people have commented on the video that Dave Palazzolo posted to tell his story. Because of the video's title, How I Deal with Kids Playing in My Driveway. They expected him to block the kid or prank him somehow. They expected snark and a real-life get-off-my-lawn moment. And then, when they saw something entirely different, each one expressed surprise and joy at the gift of simple happiness Dave's act of creativity and kindness inspired. To watch the footage is to see energy and happiness multiply. First, we see this lone child take a lap on a cracked but flat driveway. By the end, we see smiles and giggles from strangers and neighbors of all backgrounds and ages as they enjoy an unexpected diversion on a chalk drawn racetrack in the midst of an odd, divisive, and scary season. And the joy even reaches those watching on a screen. Paul ends his greeting to Philemon with these words I have great joy and encouragement because of your love, since the hearts of God's people are refreshed by your actions, my brother. In the short video, I see people's very hearts being refreshed by the Palazzolo's creativity, hospitality, and generosity. Now, my driveway is not the best for even the tiniest cyclist to take a lap on. But I want in. I want to be part of refreshing the world, not in a flash-in-the-pan, shallow, hallmark kind of way, but in a deep, steady, and lasting way because that is what I have come to know in Jesus and in the koinonia, the community I have found because of him. The selfless kindness that the Palazzolos share in this small gesture will have an impact long after the chalk washes away, long after that first child learns to drive. And long after the video is buried in the YouTube archives. Their sidewalk chalk letter to their neighbors with its bends and curves is a gift of love that looks like the koinonia we share in Jesus Christ. The kind of community we are called to be in him. This community, our community, Christ's community, is created to offer grace, justice, truth, love, and mercy to strangers and friends alike, the very gifts we have received ourselves. So, friends, what will we share with an angry and frightened world in the days ahead? Who will we be in this season of division and strife? How will we reflect the love of Christ? What will we draw in our driveways? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.